Ecclesiastes 7, looking at verses 11 and 12 this morning. Uh, But before we get into that, let's remember Solomon wrote this book. God, the Holy Spirit, directed Solomon to write this book so he would help Israel see and recognize that finding meaning and purpose in this sin-cursed world, it will always be frustrating. It will be impossible in this sin-cursed world when you're doing it all on your own. The word that he uses throughout the book to express that frustration and that impossibility is vanity. Vanity. It's an enigma. It's impossible to figure out all on your own. And so Solomon wrote this to help Israel. And we, because all scripture is given by inspiration of God, we can learn and must learn what he has uh, said here as well. We've seen that there is a lot of life in this sin-cursed world that we can thankfully enjoy. Food, money, a roof over our heads, family. These are all things that we're able to enjoy in this life. But you have to have the fear of the Lord to do so. Since chapter 7, verse 1 that we read earlier today, Solomon has been detailing some advice, uh, warning especially about temptations that you can face, uh, regardless whether it's prosperous times or difficult times. Verse 14, he talks about that. In days of prosperity, be joyful. In the day of adversity, consider. So it doesn't matter where it's good times, as we call them, or what, bad times, there's some temptations that you're going to face. So Solomon has God-given wisdom, advice for us to listen to. Here, verses 11 and 12, he is both advising and warning about the necessity of having God's wisdom. That's what these, this proverb is a combination of two verses. But remember, the verse numbers were added in the 1500s, so... That part isn't inspired. The text is inspired. So this section here, verse 11, wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense as money is a defense. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. He's saying you need the the wisdom of the Lord. Christian, you need Christ's wisdom. You need Christ's wisdom. Wisdom, But what happens if you have both wisdom and money? Because that's what he talks about there in verse 11. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. Well, number one, having God's wisdom and wealth, it is a real help. It is a real help. I want to take just a little time to walk through these different aspects here. So number one, let's consider the the nature and character of an inheritance. The nature and character of an inheritance. Well, one thing about an inheritance is it's unexpected. You get an inheritance when? Well, somebody, somebody has to die. I mean, you kind of like the sudden influx of cash, don't you? But you get that because someone that you knew or someone that knew you and loved you and cared for you and they had that money, they passed away and they don't have any 
spouse still remaining, and so that all that then comes to you, that sudden influx of cash. But something else about this inheritance is not everyone receives it. Not everyone gets a big inheritance. It's not a right. It is a rare privilege. What about wisdom? What's the nature and character of wisdom? Wisdom is an attribute of God. He is all wise. We'll look this, more, this afternoon at who God is. And those of you who've learned this definition of God, it's probably running through your mind right now. God is the infinite and perfect spirit. He is pure spirit. We know him by his attributes, holiness, truth. He's all-powerful. Uh, it's not like God is kind of a shapeshifter and is all-powerful, and then I'm going to switch over to holiness, and then I'm going to switch over to merciful. He is all these all at the same time, and he is those entirely and perfectly. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is the correct and skillful use of knowledge. So think about that in relation to who God is. What kind of knowledge does God have? Infinite knowledge. He knows everything. And the scripture describes that in so many different ways. He knows the number of the declining hair on my head, right? He knows all that. He knows the numbers of the sand on the seashore. That's amazing. But have you ever known somebody who's really smart? They have a lot of head knowledge, but when it comes to practice, they're really dumb. Why are you doing that? You know better. Isn't that what we say? You know better. Wisdom is the correct and skillful application of that knowledge. So if God has infinite knowledge and God is the infinite and perfect spirit, what kind of application does he make of that knowledge? Perfect. He is all wise. We truly have a great God. God gives this wisdom to those who fear him. He gives this wisdom to those who fear him, who have an exclusive love, commitment, obedience, and worship of the Lord Jesus alone. You get it when you study the scripture, you learn about who God is, what he's like, when you repent of your sin, when you look to the Lord Jesus alone, when you have a dependent obedience on him. That's what it means to walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is nothing weird like the spirit whispered in my ear and said I need to go when the, if the stoplight turns red. Or that would be bad. <laughs> stoplight turns green. Then it's God's will. No, that's not how it works. That's not what it means to be led by the spirit, to be filled with the spirit, uh, uh, to be uh, controlled by the spirit. The Spirit's word, this is his sword. This is how he speaks to us. I want to hear God speak. You've probably seen this meme on the internet. Well, if you want to hear God speak, what do you need to do? Open your Bible. Okay, read it. This is God's will, his Spirit's word. Walking in the Spirit means being controlled by him. So what does God say I need to be like? What does God say you need to do in this situation? That's what it means. That's how you gain the wisdom of the Lord. One last thing about God's wisdom. 
that really sets it apart from inheritance. You remember about the inheritance? Who receives an inheritance? Does everyone receive an inheritance? Only a real select few. Who can receive God's wisdom? Anyone who comes to him for it. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, a king or a slave. It doesn't matter whether you have an education or you can't even read, old or young. A third thing for us to understand about uh, the wisdom and the, the, the money here. Number three, is wealth inherently evil? Well, in and of themselves, money and prosperity are not bad. It can be very helpful. I really don't bring props up. I don't want it to be a distraction, but I did this time um, because, well, got a lot of little kids here. What do we have there? What is that, Joyo? You know what that is? That's a that's ten cents. Now, to those of us who deal in thousands and thousands of dollars, what might we do with ten cents if we see it on the floor? Mm, I don't know. It's definitely a penny. But uh, when I remember when I was a little kid, we had chores to do. We got a penny for every chore that we did. We'd collect those through the week and keep it in my tooth bo- toothpaste box. That was how I kept track of those things. I don't know if you remember that, Mom. That's how I did it. And I'd save up that money and I'd buy myself a whatchamacallit bar, my favorite candy bar. Doesn't seem like this much. Uh, that much. Is, is money inherently evil and sinful? No, it is not. It is not at all. Are there definite evils that can be attached with the love of money? That's the difference, isn't it? Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, the love of money is the what? Root out of which all kinds of evil grow. What a picture that is. It's the root from which all kinds of evil grow, sprouts, greediness, and sorrows. And because of all the evils that are attached to the love of money, we can tend to wrongly react and say, all money's evil, and if you're really spiritual, you're going to be poor and be homeless No. Is that what we've learned in Ecclesiastes? Far from it. Thank you. (laughs) This is my amen, Charlie. If you don't know what that refers to, it's back in the 50s. Number four, what about the stresses of wealth? The stresses of wealth. Well, you're not guaranteed to have a good life if you come into a lot of money. Some of the most miserable people in this world are the wealthiest people in this world. Really wealthy people, when they make that their life, they're always watching the stock market. And these last few months have been really hard for them because they've been seeing what they live for go down and be lost. They guard their money. 
And then they start, as they age, they start worrying about what's going to happen to all my money when I die. My kids. Oh, no. I don't want them. They're going to waste it and squander it. Who do I, what do I do with this money? And suddenly what people live for and think about is suddenly a burden, but they don't want to let it go because that's what they live for and they don't know anything better. There can be great stress with wealth. So number five, how does wisdom-controlled wealth help? That's an important phrase. I made that the uh, subject, uh, the, top, the, the, the title of my message today, wisdom-controlled wealth. Well, let's remember, uh, how do you get an inheritance? Someone has to die. So who enjoys the blessings of wisdom-controlled wealth? He tells us at the end of verse 11, those who see the sun. In other words, people who are alive. (laughs) People who are alive. So when you're wise and you receive an inheritance, what are some practical things that are good that come as a result of wisdom-controlled wealth? Boy, how much time do we have? Not a lot. So let me give you just a few things that can happen when you have wisdom, God-controlled, Christ-controlled wisdom uh, that will help you with your wealth. One thing is you will not waste it on sinful living. God, in his providence, causes you to come into a large amount of money. And the temptation could be to be like the, the young fella in Luke 15. He wants to get his father's inheritance when? Not when his father dies, but now. And so he wastes it on sinful living. You get a lot of money. You could start thinking, oh, I've always wanted to do this and do that. And it'll make me feel good. It can be real temptation, but when you have Christ-controlled wisdom, it will protect you from that. It'll also protect you from blowing it on wasteful spending. From just blowing it on wasteful spending. You get all this money, and suddenly, you know, when you're... Remember this little guy? When you're watching your dimes, you have little money, and you're watching every little penny that you can or dime... Suddenly you've got a ton of money and you can start thinking, it doesn't matter. You want a hundred bucks? Sure, here you go. It's easy to just spread it around. And what happens when you start doing that? You lose it. But when you are controlled by wisdom, regardless of how much money you have, Christ's wisdom, whether you're rich or poor, you will be always content. You'll be careful with the money that the Lord's entrusted you with. It'll protect you from, I think it's in Luke 12, a third way, is the the bigger barn mentality. Remember that guy? Spend it on more and bigger to have more and bigger now. Because that's what life's about. He who dies with the most toys loses, doesn't he? (laughs) But he thinks that I need more and bigger and more and bigger because that's what everybody else in the world does. So therefore, I have to do that. But when you're controlled by Christ's wisdom, you see this is all going to burn up, 2 Peter 3. I have, you've been entrusted with it. You are a steward of it. And so you're going to be careful how you, how you use that. Instead, if you're wise and you receive an inheritance, you'll be better protected from economic downturns. 
You're careful with that money. You're not wasting it. Who knows what the stock market's going to do five years from now? None of us do. Were you thinking five years ago about the effects of the economy on the COVID situation and the Ukraine war? Wasn't even on your radar. We had boom times five years ago, didn't we? Watching my little IRA grow, and then suddenly I get that quarterly report. Oh no, what are we going to do? When you're controlled by Christ's wisdom and you're careful with your money that God's entrusted to you, remember that, God's entrusted that money to you, you'll be protected in those economic downturns. It'll protect you in times of illness because you'll be able to afford the medical care that you might not otherwise. You'll be protected from depending on the government. And let me encourage you, don't depend on the government to get you out of a bad financial situation. Don't do that. You will be content regardless whether you have much or little. Why, Solomon, is this the case? Verse 11. Why is verse 11 the case? Why is Christ's wisdom essential and helpful for living in a sin-cursed world? He tells us in verse 12. For wisdom is a defense, as money is a defense, but the excellence, the advantage, the ultimate advantage of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. Number two, Christ's wisdom is essential and helpful in a sin-cursed world because, number two, only Christ's wisdom guarantees life. Money cannot guarantee life. Christ's wisdom, that guarantees life. Wisdom-controlled wealth provides protection. That's the idea in the beginning of verse 12. It's a defense. The idea of a defense here is a shade or protection. Remember Jonah, Jonah chapter 4? It was hot out. What did God cause to grow? This plant that we don't know really what it was. Some of our translations translated a gourd, but when I think of a gourd, I think of something small. But it was big. It protected him. It gave what from the sun? Shade, same word. A homeowner, Genesis 19.8, can have someone come into his home and he gives him shade or protection. Nations will protect other nations. Isaiah 49.2, the Lord shades or is a source of protection for his servant. Or Isaiah 4.6, when the Lord establishes his kingdom in Jerusalem, he will protect Judah. Psalm 121.5 that we read, uh, that we'll sing at the end of the the message today. Psalm 121.5 says, The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Wisdom-controlled wealth is a definite shade. It's a protection from the adverse effects of living in a sin-cursed world. Wisdom-controlled wealth. How so? Well, it gives you physical and bodily protection. When you have this money to do so, um, you can be protected, if you know what I mean, with something at your side that's concealed. 
I hope I don't have to go any more detailed. You can have an alarm system in your home. You can have a home. What if you didn't have a house? It rains, it snows, it sleets. You're subject to the elements. You can have better quality food. One of the mysteries of life to me is why good food costs more than bad food. I can buy a bag of chips that will absolutely kill me for $2. But if I want good food, that costs me a ton of money. And no doubt some of you will say, well, just, Pastor, have a garden. And I'll look at you like, me? (laughs) Grow a garden? It's not my mom's fault. She tried to teach me but this thumb still ain't green. I'm dumb when it comes to that stuff. When you have wisdom-controlled wealth, you can have things in your home that are a real help. Remember around Christmas time when the temperature was three? But we don't think about that because it gets cold out. We just walk over to the wall and we push a little lever or a button, and what happens? Heat comes out. Central heating has been a rarity in human existence. But you have it because God has given you some wealth. Or when it gets hot out, boy, it's really getting hot, and some of you have central air conditioning. You can just turn the temperature down. Some of you have had your air conditioning on since March because you like it really cold. You can have quality health care instead of suffering. But for you to enjoy these protections, Christ's wisdom must control your life and your pocketbook. Because if God entrusts you with money, it's so easy to waste it and you must be Disciplined with that. Number two, Christ's wisdom guarantees life. It is excellent. The excellence in knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. Knowledge and wisdom, they're synonyms. They're referring to the same thing. It can be easy to think that a large inheritance guarantees the good life. But that is false. Only wisdom provides that. This doesn't mean money is unimportant doesn't mean it's undesirable. I am not saying quit your jobs. Please don't quit your jobs. God commands work, 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 Thessalonians 3. But in the grand scheme of things, money and wisdom are not on the same level. There's no comparison. Write down and meditate some time on Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Paul, when he wrote this, was at the Grand Hotel in Rome, wasn't he? Nope, he's in prison. And he said, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I've learned to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. And how is he able to do that regardless of the situation? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, that's a really abused verse, taken out of context, made to walk on all fours, but let's remember it in its context. God has blessed you with money, or God has you providentially in hard financial times. You can be and must be content 
And you have that contentment by having a Christ, Christ's wisdom in your life. Christ's wisdom gives balance in life. What happens when you have an out-of-balance life? You're driving down the road of life. Your wheels are out of balance. Your steering wheel starts to shake. You can lose control and you can go into oncoming traffic or go in the ditch. And what happens? You're dead. Christ's wisdom gives balance in life. Christ's wisdom uh, protects you from immorality. Protects you from immorality. And where does God say a life characterized by immorality leads? It's death. Christ's wisdom keeps you from blundering your way into a bad situation with an authority. It's bad news when you get on the bad side of somebody who has lots of authority. They can make your life really difficult. And Christ's wisdom protects you from that. Christ's wisdom can keep you out of trouble. Don't do that. It's foolish. Or to use the Greek word, it's dumb. Trust me, it's not in the Greek, but it works, doesn't it? The more money you have, the greater the opportunity for foolishness and stupid decisions. The more money you have, the greater the opportunity for foolish and stupid decisions. So have Christ's wisdom so that you, instead of wasting it, you use it rightly. The emphasis and the point of verses 11 to 12 Regardless if you live in pleasant times or difficult times, you come into an inheritance, a sudden influx of cash, make sure, first and foremost, you have God's wisdom. That starts today. It starts right now in the character of your life. And here's a great thing. Let's try, uh, we have some young people who graduated from high school who are looking forward to graduating from high school, who've recently graduated from high school. So we got this nice little uh, group of young people here. Um, what are you going to do with your life? What if you told your guidance counselor, if you have one, your parent, um, well, my goal in life is to prepare for my inheritance. Well, if you said that, I can pretty much guarantee you, you're not going to be included in the inheritance because then you're just going to be a bump on a log, moss uh, on covering and just wasting time. How foolish is it? How foolish is it uh, to work, to gain an inheritance? What do you got to do to get an inheritance? God's will, his providence, nothing really. You're just kind of waiting, hoping. Boy, I hope they get that. What do you got to do to get God's wisdom? And who can receive that? Anyone. By going to the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving it. Which is better? Which has the better chance of there being success? The Lord's wisdom. And so go to him. Remember, wisdom is an attribute of God. God is wisdom. Wealth is an attribute of creation. It's limited. It's temporary. But God's wisdom is eternal and infinite. I can't guarantee wealth for my kids. 
I cannot do that. They may lobby for some of my books. But when it comes to cash, cold hard cash, you know, I went to the cash that I had on hand. (laughs) I got about, uh, let's see here, a dollar's worth of dimes. Yeah, wealthy, huh? Um, Don't have a whole lot that I can really cast as an inheritance to my kids. Um, I really don't have a whole lot of wealth for you. In fact, there's 10 dimes here and there's more than 10 people here. But maybe if I just parcel this out to the kids in our church, we might have more than 10 kids. So who's going to get it and who won't? I don't have really much money. But to quote a man in the Bible that you probably heard from, Peter, when a poor guy looked up to Peter begging for money, what did Peter tell him? I don't have silver. I don't have gold. But what I do have, I can give to you. I don't have much money in this world to give you. But what I do have, I will give to you. The Lord Jesus Christ, turn from living for yourself and turn to him. Turn from trying to think that you can save yourself by your good works. Turn from thinking that being here and singing hymns and following along as we read and pray, that that is what gets you to heaven. It won't, it can't, it never will. Look only to the Savior who did live a perfect life, who died a substitutionary death. He took your place so that you could be delivered and have eternal life and be saved and trust completely, wholly, exclusively in him alone. That I can give you. So trust in Christ. The temptation to not live a Christ-controlled life is great. To think that I can just have the wealth and do my own thing. Well, being without Christ's wisdom in a sin-cursed world can be compared to being a firefighter without his equipment in a fire. What will happen? Being without Christ's wisdom in a sin-cursed world is like swimming in the Olympics without your swimming suit. Well, let me rephrase that. With your wedding outfit on. That was a little wrong. How successful will you be swimming in an Olympic race with your wedding outfit? You'll lose. Being without Christ's wisdom in a sin-cursed world. It's like being in a battle fighting for your life, and you're wearing hunter orange, you will be dead. You need Christ's wisdom, so seek it, put it on, and love it. Let's pray.